know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac is on tap, on tap, helping us navigate the show. And I think <laughs> Sherry B, but I'm not sure. No, no, so, we have Miss Pat. It's, it's uh, man, I, I just. Hey, I you know, it was a curveball no. for me. No, it's fine. I mean, you know, just you as long know what as you're the show get. is navigated, like that's <laughs> fine. Okay, we we appreciate Pat, right? Yes, thank we you do. so much, Pat, for helping us navigate the show. Um, today we're going to talk about occupying until the Lord returns. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I say occupy, um, but really it's it's most accurately rendered to make gains. It's a business term, right? And some of our um, later translations will actually translate that um, specifically in the ESV, it says engage in business mm -hmm. until I come, come again, this parable of the talents uh, of the, the mean is the money that is given to the servants. And, um, and one of the things that I think that we often forget is that the Lord expects a return on the investment um, that is our very life. Right. Mm. <laughs> like mm. The Lord is investing in us. And so that's what we want to talk about. And we've got two guests who are joining us today yes. um, and are going to talk about making gains, what that looks like um, to make gains um, even at a national level, but then locally where you are making gains. And so uh, our first guest actually is Gre Greg Van Buskirk. And I was working on Van Buskirk. <laughs> Greg, you've got to know that's been your last name all your life. You've got all to my know life. all my life. That, it's a blessing you know, and a curse. It, absolutely, it's unforgettable. But then sometimes it could be difficult to manage, right? I mean, people. Do you, yeah, I'm just you curious. Laugh, to, you got to laugh at some of the pronunciations. It's all you can do. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. I mean, because here's the thing that we do, though. All right, what we do is we intend to be smarter than we are, so we do more with the name than probably we need to do. I think if you just read it straightforwardly, it looks like Van Buskirk. That's but right. I feel like if I wanted to be just a little bit savvy, you know, I might do some different things with, you know, inflection and all of this stuff. But it's it's straightforward. Straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, are we done talking about my no, name? No, yeah. He is the executive it's director. <laughs> <laughs> He's the executive director of IC. You always want an awkward pause on radio. That's what you want. That's what I go for. And and if I can get it, then that, I'll well, take I it. I try to fill that pause. You know? Well, thank you so Best much. I can. Um, <laughs> Greg Van Buskirk is the executive director of ICU Mobile. And uh, he joins us to talk about not mm. only the ministry of ICU Mobile, um, but also an opportunity um, to act locally in the state of Mississippi and to get services to women who are in crisis mode in a way that I think for a lot of people, if you're not familiar with ICU Mobile, um, you might think this a novel idea, but mm. um, the Lord is using this outreach ministry. That's exactly what it is. It is it's men and women making gains in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and saving lives and also watching and welcoming uh, women into uh, eternal life with the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. 
Um, Greg, can you give us kind of an overview, um, fill our listeners in if this is the first time they're hearing about ICU Mobile? I'll be happy to. Uh, <clears throat> ICU Mobile is a national pro-life ministry. We uh, support a fleet of 44 mobiles across the, the United States, uh, primarily in 22 states, that uh, that are mobile medical clinics that go out and offer free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds. And uh, by showing the ch- women their child, mm-hmm. it's their baby, it's a real, it's, it's humanity uh, in the flesh that uh, we see four out of five women choose life on the mobile. So we're just excited Amen. about that. And since uh, 2000. Um, 16, we've seen about 12,000 women choose life on the mobiles that once they see their 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 child. So we're we just praise the Lord for that. And on top of that, to His glory, we've seen 800 women come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Oh man, this is incredible! And and I want to make sure that we make the distinction here because you guys serve crisis pregnancy centers or um, ministry outreaches in local areas. You you do not act as a crisis pregnancy center necessarily, but you actually come alongside these other ministries to help them do what they're doing, correct? Correct. We we partner with centers that are, that, uh, are called into a mobile ministry. You know, this is a missionary work. Yes. It's, it's, it's rough. It's, it's mm. not an easy, easy life because it's emotionally straining. It's uh, mm. physically, it's, it's demanding. And so uh, with, centers are called by God to, to have a mobile ministry to go out into the into the community and make a difference for life and for the for the gospel. Uh, we partner with them. Mm. We help them get the mobile. We train them, and then we go alongside them. We help them identify where to park. We mm. we, we provide additional training as needed. They come in for once a year for a conference uh, where we have everybody come in and they're they're just uh, you know we just spend some time encouraging them as as well as uh, helping them giving them additional tools that help them to be more and more effective in reaching women for life and for Christ. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to say this because I didn't really realize this until maybe yesterday uh, when I just saw some of the things going around. But me, uh, almost every day, Pastor Joseph Parker and I, we pray about this that you're doing. I didn't know that the connection was there, you know, but Pastor Joseph has a huge, huge heart, you know, for the for the unborn. And and he served in the Mississippi Delta. You know, he had a church down there that he served at. And he was he would always tell me, man, we need something in this area. And it's so it, it thrills my heart because because I'm seeing the, the prayers that we pray every day. Like Pastor Joseph would come to my office and say, man, mm-hmm. you, you ready to pray? And that's one of the things <laughs> we pray about. And to, just to see it all come together and, and you guys, uh, you know, uh, joining with him in that. It's just awesome. Now, Pastor Parker is an uh, amazing man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I first met him when I first came on board at ICU Mobile. He he called me up and said, it was, so we got to get something down here. Yeah. And I said, OK, well, what do you want to do? And he says, oh, and now in the last uh, year and a half or so, he, he's come back and said, I'm going to do it. We're going to get yeah. this done. And, I, <laughs> and he's got such a heart, not only for the for the unborn, but he's got such a heart for the lost. That's Amen. right. That's right. And, and I tell you what, a lot of prayer has gone, like, not just me and him, but I just know he's a man of prayer and he's mm-hmm. been praying about this for, for a long time. So it's, this is, this is great. This is great. Yeah, and it, it can, you can know, you can support the effort for him to, for that center down there in green Greenwood mm-hmm. by going to AFR.net because that's why we're here today. We're here to raise money for yes. him to launch that mobile down man. there in, in uh, the lower part of the Delta where, there's nothing right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you transitioned to that because that's exactly where I wanted to go. I wanted to present the opportunity for mm. our listeners, um, the opportunity to make gains in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Down in Greenwood, Mississippi, uh, down in the Delta, there is an opportunity 
to, um, I, I would say, put a greater roadblock uh, in the way of, of those who would be abortion-minded, uh, giving them the opportunity to, to see what we know. I mean, the, the enemy has done a masterful job of convincing us in our culture that we're not talking about life. Mm. But when you see your baby and you uh, see that heartbeat, you hear that heartbeat, uh, there's just no question. And moms change their minds. And now this opportunity can come to Greenwood, Mississippi. Um, for our listeners, if you want to support this effort, you can get, go to AFR.net uh, forward slash ICU mobile, AFR.net forward slash ICU mobile. Greg, I know that some of our listeners may be wondering about um, the practical nature of these ICU mobile units, uh, which ICU is image clear ultrasound. Uh, right, so right. We, talk it, a little it, bit I, about that. ICU also really stands for I, subliminal for ICU. Uh-huh. ICU baby is yeah. what it's really saying is yeah. I see you there. Yeah. And oh, so, wow. So that's, that's awesome. why we, we call it ICU Mobile. But um, um, I'm sorry, what was that question again? I got kind of Yeah, I was curious about, and I wondered if some of our listeners might also have some questions about how this works, because you, you kind of touched on setting up these mobile units. You, you work alongside the crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, you'll be working alongside one in Greenwood, Mississippi, as, as you guys set up this unit. But I'm wondering what it looks like. So do the women come in? They are maybe abortion-minded. Is there more outreach that's going on? Do they just go straight into the unit? How does this all work? Great question. So, so what we do is um, the, the mobiles go out and park in, in, in areas that we've identified where women that have abortion live. So we've got a program called Nowhere to Go, which we look at the demographics of the area, we identify where women that are, are, are abortion-minded live, and, and we then overlay that with uh, you know, traffic patterns and s- start to select sites uh, where they, uh, where they you know, would most likely be traveling and, that, and identify sites where we should be parking the mobile. Because mm. we want to be part of their world, part of their life, we want to be part of it before they become pregnant so that when mm-hmm. they become pregnant, they know where to go. Mm-hmm. And so we, we do that. Uh, plus, we do some, uh, you know, we do the digital marketing uh, and, and, de- and the like to help people identify. The outside of the mobile is, is uh, neutrally branded. It, uh, it, ha- it states specifically what we're doing. We provide free uh, ultrasounds, uh, free uh, um, pregnancy tests, and, and, uh, and you know, walk-ins are welcome. And the way that the process works, the way we, what we try to we train our teams to do is, it's, this is all relationship based. Women make life decisions based on relationships and support they they yes. receive. So when women approach the mobile, we we don't open the door from up on high and say hi. We walk down the stairs, we greet mm. them, we start eye to eye contact, start talking to them, building that relationship, bring her on, walk her inside, sit her down, trying mm. to find out where she is in life, what's going on in her life, mm-hmm. what's making her make that decision she thinks she's going to have to have an abortion. And then, uh, and then we start to uh, talk to her about options uh, at the same time, find out whether or not she's truly pregnant or not. Pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. And if she's pregnant and she's more than four weeks, then we're able to take her back and show her her child. And, and it's, wow. a real, it's, a, it's her child. It's a real human be- being, and Amen. it shows the dignity, uh, you know, and, and it shows the real humanity that she's carrying, which is incredible. Yes. And when they see it, they're, they're ecstatic. Yeah. And, and then we connect her with um, various services, and, and are usually we're connected to, or they're connected to a, a, a pregnancy center that can support, mm-hmm. you know, with, with uh, child raising classes or birthing classes or whatever uh, they can do and, and programs that uh, allow her to prepare for it. Because our, our objective is not just to get her to say, I, I'm choosing life. 
but to see through and make sure that she does have that baby and and that that is that life decision is supported ongoing in mm-hmm. in, in uh, Cleveland where we have a mobile that we operate ourselves because when we train teams to go out it's not on what we think would work or might sound good it's what we actually know is working and we've done or we're doing up in the Cleveland area and there's a program in Cleveland because of the high infant mortality where nurses are assigned to um, to new mothers and carries them through pregnancy and for the first three years of that child's life. And so as soon as we find out and, and they, they get them engaged and that they're going to choose life, we we get those two uh, programs connected. And we it's not just handing them a number. We make sure that connection is made. We follow up with the agency to make sure that decision, that, that connection was made and those, those calls are being made so that we know that that's going through. Because like I said earlier, it's not about just getting a decision for life. It's making sure that we support that decision through life. Let me, let me just say this because we just had a donor to call and say that they are challenging listeners to match $10,000. Mm. And so, this, yeah, so... Uh, Praise to, God. Yeah, praise God, <laughs> praise God. So uh, this is a great time to give. We need to uh, to match that, and you can give that. Wow. is in the AFR.net. AFR.net slash ICU mobile. Now, listen, I'm, I'm glad that you just jumped in and said that, Well, the great, because he, here's the thing that I was going to ask, Greg. My, my question is, what is the cost involved in setting up one of these units and operating one of these units? So one of our listeners may be listening, or several of them, they're listening right now, and, and, and maybe their question is, well, what what is the need? What do you need? Well, that's that's a great question. The base cost of the unit they're thirty foot long. It's a it's a it's a custom built uh, recreational vehicle. Um, we've got an organization that works that that helps them helps us build them, and um, uh, they're a hundred ninety thousand dollars as you see it out there with the front and rear door and the the the. Uh, um, uh, the, the the exam room in the back and the reception mm-hmm. area, the nurses station, it all laid out. It's it's a hundred ninety thousand, and then once they get it, they've got to stock it with some medical supplies, and and and, and the like, and um, then it's it runs about a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to, to operate, and that's basically between twelve or excuse me twenty to thirty thousand dollars in uh, incremental costs, and the balance is all. Um, uh, people costs, you know, salaries for for uh, yes. nurses and whatnot. Well, let me make sure to get the website out again, AFR.net forward slash ICU mobile, AFR.net forward slash ICU mobile. One of our listeners already challenging you to match their $10,000 gift. We're going to grab this break and we'll be right back. Erin the Addisons on American Family Radio. Don't go anywhere. America, America, God shed His grace on thee. We've come too far, we've been through too much. Why would we ever leave? Welcome back to Ellen the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's John Howard, A Song for the Nation. Uh, J-Mac and Pat are on tap, helping us navigate the show today, and we appreciate them as well. Um, I really wanted to go back to something that we, I didn't get to discuss in the first segment, and then also to bring just a little bit of 
um, clarity because you can go to AFR.net. You don't need a forward slash. You just go to AFR.net mm-hmm. if you want to support this ICU mobile unit um, being set up in the Delta in Mississippi. Um, this ministry is expanding. They've got 22 units. I want to, or is it 44 units in 22 states? I think that's what it is. 44 units uh, across 22 states. And um, man, you know, everybody across this country is doing their part to make gains. Everybody doing their part to advance the kingdom, to not just be pro-life in name only, but to be doing those things that are pro-life, that are celebrating life. And then one other point I want to make um, before we move on is I think that sometimes what we don't realize, like say, for example, a, uh, a husband and wife, they go into um, a sonogram, uh, go into a room where they're going to have a sonogram. And there is this moment and anybody who's ever had one um, or you've been in the room with someone who's had one, mm-hmm. um, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, there is a moment where, you know, you know that you're expecting a child. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a person there, you know, maybe for the mom, you've experienced the morning sickness and all of that stuff. And I don't know why they call it that, because some of us know that it's not (laughs) not just in the the morning. morning. (laughs) Man, I don't know why they call it that. But anyways, uh, you've experienced the sickness, but there is something different and incredible that happens when you see this little person on a screen, when you see just the reality of that there is a person growing inside of you and there is so much emotion that surrounds that there is so much um, joy that surrounds that. Now I want to say something. I think wrongly we think that this emotion is only the result of a person who wants the child that they are carrying. I think what we misunderstand and what we underestimate is the power of the human heart to be changed. Even Mm. if the child is unwanted, when they see the child for their heart, that hardened heart to be softened because this is my own flesh and blood. And this is what we are providing the opportunity for to see happen in our culture. We can replace our culture of death with a culture of life. And um, it's about making gains. It's about occupying until the Lord returns. And so I just wanted to highlight that. I just wanted our listeners to be thinking about that. And then again, to encourage you to go to AFR.net, AFR.net. All right. So again, the topic is occupying locally until the Lord returns. Um, And that's what Christians are doing all across this country Mm and our various capacities. We are making gains. Um, We are standing up for truth. We are telling the truth about who the Lord is and doing that in all of our, you know, the various ways that we that we function. And so now um, Representative Steve Toth um, of Texas District 15 joins us. And something exciting happened back in May um, in Texas. And and I want to get some more information on this, but I want to talk about uh, why this was so important. Um, Representative Toth, I want to talk to you about um, um, HB 3979, the Texas Classroom Equality Act, which I thought was an interesting name for this bill. But um, it passed um, the Texas House of Representatives. And I want to know what that means for education uh, for kids in Texas. Representative Toth, how are you? Mickey, well, it's good to be with you guys. House Bill 3979 basically states that we're going to judge kids by the content of their character and not the Mm. color of their skin, which it's, uh, believe it or not, that I can't believe that we actually have to do that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's sad. It's it's just so crazy. But um, how is it that racism is made 
a comeback in the United States when wow. it was a death store. Yeah. Mm. You know, let me ask you a question um, about that, you know, because I think the statement that you made is profound, but it also seems to be um, somewhat of an elusive thought in our culture today that people are not recognizing critical race theory as, as you say, racism. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible calls that partiality. We have, in a sense, normalized this sort of neo racism, if you will, and people have been unable to see it. Why was it so important for you to take a stand against this and protect children in Texas? You know, one of the one of the things that came out of this COVID era was virtual classrooms. Mm-hmm. And it was it was virtual learning where parents started looking over the shoulder of their children and and were shocked and amazed to hear what was being taught to their children. Yeah. Yes. And it's been going on, guys. This has been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. That's right. Only mm-hmm. we just we haven't been clued into it. Mm-hmm. And um, they have been doing such an incredibly great job. You know, they call they, they use words like equity, and you're like, equity, man, that's such a cool word. Come on, that's, that, right. that's kind of like equality, right? <laughs> that's just, that's what that it's means, not. right? <laughs> not so much. And and um, you know, they they want to talk about being anti-racist. That, that's a good thing, being anti-racist, right? Well, not when not not by their definition, not you know, not not what you and I believe it is, right. which right. means that we're judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this has been um, going on for a long time. I actually in, in uh, at the university level, but now unfortunately we're finding it. It's made it into Christian colleges. It's mm-hmm. made it into Christian um, private schools. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and unfortunately, we have not seen, and I'm going to speak as a Christian, um, we have not seen the type of uh, faithfulness that we should see among um, those who are claiming to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm shocked and in awe that this has made such huge gains in the household of faith. Like, I mean, you expect to see these things that you have to battle out in the secular arena. You have to try to bring sound reason out into the culture that we live in. Unfortunately, we are now trying to bring sound reason into the church because Christians have not been able to see this for what it was or what it is because it's not over. It's still proliferating. I mean, the the battle still rages on. Mm -hmm. Um, My question is going forward, Representative Toth, what, what do you expect to see um, change at least as far as how kids in the public school system are educated in Texas. Well, so we we've basically said you can't judge someone based on the color of their skin, their gender. You can't do anything to blame a current generation for the for the sins of a prior generation. Right. Um, we we, have, we are stating things like meritocracy is a good thing; it's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> You know, the idea, you know, if you, you look into the core beliefs of Black Lives Matter, um, they, they believe that meritocracy, the ability to work hard, that that is a white, that that's a white trait. Man. Working hard. Yeah. Yeah. Provide for your you, family. You, that, you, that's, you, that's, that's, I mean, just if you if you removed that sentiment, if you removed that sentiment from that organization, 
Do you know the number of people who would stand up and say, that's racist? I, I can't believe that you are saying that, that to have a strong work ethic or to believe that, you know, God has given you the ability to provide for your family. Like to, to say that that is a white trait, that only white people do that. And that's something that's being foisted upon black people. Do you know how many people would cry out that that is racist? And yet we have failed to recognize that in our culture today. How can this be explained? It can be explained because the, the pulpit is silent. Oh, come and, on. And, and this goes all the way back to um, this goes all the way back to Thomas Jefferson and the Danbury Baptist letter. Mm. And he said, a wall of separation exists between the church and the state, not in the Constitution, not in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's never been in the Constitution. It simply states that government does not have the ability to tell the church what to do. Mm-hmm. But church pastors have bought into the lie of church uh, of, of separation of church and state. So if there's anything at all political, they refuse to address it. And mm-hmm. um, w- one of my um, warriors for moms on my staff, Cassandra Crow, she always likes to say, you know, if I was the devil, I'd make sure that everything was deemed to be political so pastors won't talk about it come on oh yeah (laughs) wow and but that's exactly what they've done right and so i've got an a political pastor um i left the church i love the church i was part of it great bible church and i just love everybody there but you know you you see the church just falling away Mm. um and buying deeper and deeper and deeper into this um heresy and that's really what, truly what it is. That's what it that's is. That's exactly I mean, what it is. Say, when you're willing to say that you, you, can be par- you can be silent while BLM and um, the, the whole woke culture says that the role of dad, the role of the nuclear family in our culture, that this is wrong, that it's a thing of whiteness. Mm. Um, and yet the church won't talk about it. Yeah. We'll not talk about it. I, you know, one of, my, one, of my, one of my heroes growing up, was Tony Evans. My my brother is a Dallas Theological Seminary grad, and mm-hmm. uh-huh. Dr. Evans is a, is a DTS grad, and I just yeah. love him. But he, he talked about CRT a couple months ago, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like he just had to dance around the thing the whole time. And I'm like, we, we should not dance around this. No, yeah. call no. It what it right. is. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Look, listen, Representative Toth, you, you, you're, you know, you're speaking our language. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. And, and, and let me just say, this is one of those, um, this is one of those Galatian moments, right? Like there, there is a reason for followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to be outraged over this new gospel as it's being presented. And that's what we call it. We say, guys, this is a new gospel. When you start telling people yeah, that there if, are if new. Yeah, if Iron Angel from Heaven came to you with a different job, mm-hmm. let them be damned first. And again, I say, mm-hmm. and then he said, and then Paul says it again: right. let them be damned and accursed. We're in all of Scripture. We're of all, we're in all of Scripture. Does does anyone speak like that? Come on, right? With that kind Come of on. damnation, and yet that is exactly what we've got. We have a new gospel that's been given to us, and the problem is our children have bought into it because the church is silent. Because Christian universities are silent. Come on. Because Christian private schools are silent on yep. it. Um, I started seeing this when my kids, my, you know, we sent my daughter 10 years ago to John Brown University in Arkansas. And, um, okay, maybe that was the first mistake, taking her to Arkansas. I'm not quite sure, but, you know. Watch it now. When, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know, we 
came home. She she came home with some beliefs that we didn't teach her, and and um, it made me think. You know, I want to start a website called NotSoChristianU.com where parents can go and, and lodge their stories um, because wow. I'm hearing about more and more and more of them all the time. Yep. Mm. Yep. And you're not the only one. Not you're the only you're one. not the only one. Listen, I I, I want to say, and and we talk about this so often, but I if I could. If I could uh, just encourage very strongly Christians to recognize that, you know, going back to the Galatian reference, um, if, if, if Christians accept critical race theory, then the gospel is of no use to them. If you accept the tenets of critical race theory, because what we are saying is that people are irreparably damaged, there's right? No, that no people, atonement. there's there's no atonement, there's no redemption, um, there there is no peace at the cross. There is no, you know, bringing peace to those who are far away and those who are near. There's there's none of that. It's that you begin as the oppressor, you're perpetually the oppressor. You begin as the oppressed, you are perpetually the oppressed. And we can go on and on about this. But these are the types of things that are being taught to our kids. And these are the types of things that are growing. Mm-hmm. enemies mm-hmm. The, the, the culture that we in live in home. they're growing <laughs> enemies in our own home these are kids who will grow up and one day you'll look out and it's like they're on the other side of the picket line if you will mm-hmm. and and you're like how did you get over there and basically they have grown up in this type of indoctrination yeah. right under our noses but will i know you wanted to make a point and ask a question as no, well it, it, he talked about it so, you, talk, you talked about I, it um, earlier that you know this is kind of laughable that this is happening I wanted to find out from you, you know, with with this bill and maybe some of your peers or some of the pushback that that you've heard, you know, from from others about what you're doing, because it seemed like the people that's pushing this stuff seem like they would be pretty smart and and pretty intelligent. How can they even, (laughs) you know, with a straight face, try to push this stuff? What's what's been some of the pushback? So here's the here's the funny thing is that the word critical race theory doesn't appear anywhere in my bill. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why it, the reason why is it's constantly being repackaged. Yep. So in the Chicago public schools <laughs> and in my own local public school here, Conroe Independent School District, it's not crit- called critical race theory. Um, it's, it's called culturally relevant teaching. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. It's still CRT. Critical race theory. <laughs> yeah. It's totally critical race theory. But they, they relabel it. Even, even the Chicago public school system knew that it was important to relabel it. And mm. the Atlantic public schools, they also culture, call it culturally relevant teaching. Um, but again, we didn't put, we didn't give it a name because mm-hmm. we knew that what they would do. They would just change the name, do the same thing. So instead what we did we, is we described it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, right, very clearly. And it's very similar to the language that, that President Trump used in, in um, his executive order as it relates to hiring practices within within the U.S. government and state and uh, federal agencies, but here's the funny thing: is that half of the Democrats were saying critical race theory is not being taught in the schools. They'd say it's not being taught in the school. Hmm. So um, then I'd say, well, then good news. Then my bill has nothing. To, my bill won't bother you at all because you know, <laughs> it's not being taught. <laughs> got absolutely nothing to worry about and then the other half were saying oh you're ruining everything you've just destroyed three charter schools that that um, were being planted in texas that the state board of education has approved and now they're going to have to readjust their charter because your bill stands in the way of them um 
teaching the way they're teaching. Well, I guess that means they're teaching critical race theory. Then. That's exactly. Oh right. man, man, you know, praise. Look, look. Okay, I'm I'm just churchy a little bit sometimes. <laughs> um, praise God that He gives us wisdom. Right, that we can truly make gains where he plants us. I want to grab this break. I don't know if Representative Toff can stay around for just for maybe five more minutes, but I kind of want to pick up here when we get back. This is Aaron the Addisons. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know me better than I know myself. Your ways are higher than anything else. You have a plan far beyond all my wildest dreams. Just like Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Sarah Reeves. Details. So now I'm, I got to change my rules. I got to change my rules. Usually I have a rule that a last name, three or more syllables, I double check on the pronunciation. Like if it's, <laughs> you know, three or more syllables, or if it's like I can definitely tell that it's like second or third generation name, you know, from, <laughs> from another country. I usually double check. But when it's a, you know, one syllable, I think, oh, no, I got this. And, and so I just I'm just too confident. You know, it's the homeschooling mom in me. I'm just like, no, I got it. I understand, you know. And so this entire time I've been calling Representative Steve Toth, Steve Toth. And so I just put a long vowel sound uh, sign over the O because it's Steve Toth. You have been so Christian. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can put so in front of Christian. You're either Christian or you're not. But just for the, for the sake of this interview, let me just say you have been so very Christian to not come off the top ropes here because I've been calling you and pronouncing your, your last name incorrectly the entire time. Um, anyway, Representative Steve Toth, thank you so much for being so gracious. <laughs> no worries, you guys. <laughs> can't wait to meet you in heaven um and <laughs> anyways no we were talking about uh critical race theory and talking about the work that you're doing now i want to make sure that i understand is this now the law for texas public schools is are are kids protected yeah. now or does this okay september 1st september 1st all right Okay, and now do I understand also that this law prohibits teaching the 1619 project specifically? Correct. And here's the thing about the 1619 project yeah. um, is that the 1619 project, even the, the um, author of the New York Times 1619 project admits it's not historical. Right. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, and because of that, because we put the 1619 project in it, they said, well, you're just trying to whitewash history, Representative. To which, if you look at the bill, the bill even acknowledges that slavery existed, then it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It acknowledges Jim Crow and that it was wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, while they're saying I'm whitewashing history, they're tearing down a statue of Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. You know, Come just, on. Just That's yesterday. True. It's kind of like, wait a minute, Robert E. Lee, Robert E. Lee said slavery was a sin. Robert E. Lee said secession was unconstitutional. And yes, he was the, he was the head general for, for the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And so there's some duplicity in this guy's life. But that should be part of the discussion, shouldn't it? Yes. That, that, 
you know, that this was a, a, a fiercely conflicted war that people on both sides agreed and disagreed on things and that it, it was awful. It was a bloody war that, um, that, that ended a terrible sin mm-hmm. in yeah. American history. Yeah, you know, I think that this is one of those times, and and I, I kind of want to get your take on this. It may not be within the scope of what we want to discuss, but I, I feel like there's sort of a, a mutual understanding that we have here, the need for our kids and for ourselves, for adults, to be educated. But I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the shifting in our schools, because there was a certain shift that happened when we moved away from teaching history, which would have allowed for us to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. It would have allowed for us to dissect those difficult matters and to say, this was right. Right. You look back on this and you can say this is wrong. And, and because we know God, we know that there is such a thing as right and wrong. But we moved away from history and we mm-hmm. moved more into the category of social studies, where then we started to give a lot of commentary on things and we started to give a lot of opinion. And I think that this has really changed our kids ability to survey history, to look back on those things that have happened without first being given how they're supposed to see it. What are your thoughts on that? Children. Um, children are an empty slate. They are they are a clean canvas. Somebody is going to draw on that canvas. And, you know, you've got people that will say homeschooling is an example of brainwashing a child. <laughs> which I say. Which I say. Yes. Hell yeah, it is. Um, like... The reality is that somebody's going to brainwash my child. And it's either going to be me or it's going to be some woke 18 or 24-year-old teacher that doesn't have kids that doesn't know anything about life. And um, there's the old, you know, saying, too, too soon old, too late smart. And, um, yeah, I, I want to indoctrinate my children. Guilty. Me too. You know, oh. I think of that. <laughs> yes. And, um, um, but that's just, that's reality. And, unfortunately, we've tr- entrusted our children to the public schools um, that have moved away from teaching history and have moved towards indoctrination. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For a second there, Representative Toth, I didn't know if you were trying to set me up when when you said homeschooling is brainwashing. I didn't know if you were for us or our enemies. So I just kind of had to pause and, 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 you know, let you make your make I'm, your point. Oh, no. I'm a homeschool dad. I'm a homeschool okay. dad, which means my wife did all the work. Well, oh, man, man, I... I like you. Like I, I, I actually need to make my way to Texas just to shake your hand. Um, because Come those on, are facts. man. Every- we want you. We want you. <laughs> Look, everything you're communicating thus far, facts. I mean, just straight up facts, right? Okay, but let me ask this yep. because we're gonna we're gonna run out of time here. Um, what else is on the horizon for you? I know that you are. At least I read, and and so you can correct me on this if I get it wrong. But you're a small business owner, and you also serve as a pastor. As you look at what is going on, I mean, it truly seems that there is a burden of your heart to occupy, to make gains until the Lord returns again. What else is on the horizon? What are the things that you have devoted yourself yourself to that you feel like, man, these things are strong passions because of the conviction of the Word of God? In 2011, um, two Tea Party leaders, Pat Tibbs and Julie Turner, said I should run for the Texas legislature. And I said, I can't do that. That's insane. I, I'm an elder in a church. I'm doing marriage and family counseling. I'm a dad. I'm a husband, small business owner. I can't. I don't have time to do that. And and I told my wife about it. She's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, I know. I know. It's, it's insane, right? But two weeks later, she said, you need to pray about doing that. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing working on my wife's heart? <laughs> but you know, it all starts. 
it all started, though, when someone invited me into the fray, you know, into the battle. And part of the way that the Lord has wired me up is that I, I want to be involved in inviting people into this battle. And um, I want to, in some way, encourage people to get involved. Mm-hmm. If I can, in some way, shape, or form, help them, equip them, train them for this battle, I want to do that. And then, for me, too, it's just, you know, God, what do you want us to do next? Do you want me to stay in the Texas legislature? Do you want me to go to Congress? Those are just some of the things that we're praying about right now. Mm, man, it's good. Okay, so to that end, my, my, my last question, unless Will the Great has another one, um, are you encouraged by what you see happening in this country, or are you discouraged when you look at the country, but then maybe what maybe you suspect the Lord is doing behind the scenes? I can't be discouraged because I have to believe in the providence and sovereignty of God. Yeah. And believe that, guys, he would have called us home if he was done with us. Mm. But the only reason he's left a remnant is, is for there to be at least one more stand mm. uh, for revival in our, in our nation. And, you know, I think that um, that's one of the big things that believers everywhere um, are holding on to. You know, there's suffering and there's persecution happening um, all around the world, all around the world. I mean, the Apostle Peter said that, you know, our our brothers and sisters are enduring suffering all around the world. Mm. You know, you, you think about that and you think about the weight of those words. And I think that that's probably what is most encouraging uh, for the believer, wherever we are, the most encouraging thing is to know that the Lord is sovereign, that he is seated on the Amen. throne, that he is intervening in the affairs of men, and that he has left for us a roadmap that we should watch for certain things to happen, that he is going to fulfill his promise that he's made to us. And so I'm encouraged to hear that coming from you. I'm encouraged, um, Representative Toth, that that men like yourself um, are serving this country and not putting their hope and their faith in that service alone, mm-hmm. but putting their hope and their faith in the fact that that service is as unto the Lord, Amen. that he is real. Um, before we want run out of time, any last thoughts from you, Representative Toth? No, I appreciate you guys. appreciate the fact that you're willing to stand on the front line. And, um, you know, I've experienced a little bit of what um, you guys um, have gone through, um, having done this in the Texas House and, you know, been called... <laughs> every every type of vile name you can possibly imagine. I'm sure. And you experience that on a daily basis, and I just so appreciate your willingness to do it. Oh, and I'd uh, love you. to have you come and speak to pastors here in the Woodlands at some point. Oh, that would be wonderful. Amen. That would be Amen. wonderful. We'd welcome that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for serving Thank our you. country. Thank you for serving the Lord, uh, being unapologetically a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and standing on his word. Uh, it's refreshing, and, and it's amazing Amen. because what you're doing is something that should be basic to every believer that we make gains until the Lord returns. That's but right. when there is not that happening, uh, it becomes refreshing for people to do the very basic thing. So anyway, thank you so much, Representative Steve Toth. Toth. Steve Toth. That's it. No longer invited. It's over. That's it. Don't come to the Woodlands. Um, Steve Toth uh, of Texas District 15. Uh, anyway, no, it's just good. Will the great yeah, like when yeah. you, you think about what it is 
for us to occupy, for us to make gains. And that's something that's kind of been um, folding over in my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that the Lord wants us to do until he comes again? And are we living like he's actually coming again? I I don't know if this is something that you've considered when you look at the landscape and look at what's going on in our country in particular. I think it's definitely the season, you know, and and it's it's time that we look at that and that we are making gains, you know, that we're not being sucked in to the culture and just, you know, uh, uh, just going along with what's, what's happening or being the type of Christian that would say, I don't know if it takes all of that because it takes mm-hmm. that plus more, you know? Yes. So I, yes. I really uh, look at, you know, uh, uh, brothers like this who are making stands in politics and, and, and making changes and saying like, no, we, we're not going to just let this happen. You know, yes. we, you know, and, and to see that success is awesome. I think we need to look at that and, and, and the thing is, you know, we know we don't put our hope in anything but the Lord. It's not in mm-hmm. politics, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, God, God uses those things yes. to, to bring about change and, and yeah, righteous laws. That's what we want, that's you know. Right. And so I, that's how we make gains. When we have Christians who are in positions, in places to affect change like this, this is awesome to see. Absolutely. You know, and, and when you think about the story in Luke, Um, And maybe we can kind of wrap up with the discussion on this. When you think about Mm -hmm. the story in Luke, this parable that the Lord told of this this uh, master leaving his servants with these 10 minas. or Do you say minas? Um, But thinking about how I think there are things that we have been given that um, we kind of squander. You know, we we don't make a return on the Lord's investment. Of course, in particular, I think about that with our children, because. We have children that are still growing up under our roof. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can underestimate the power and the impact of making gains in our own personal arenas like this, because we live in a culture that's so driven by like, who are your followers? You know what I mean? There's so so driven by like, okay, (laughs) who, who are the people who know your name? We forget or we, um, you know, we negate the impact that God expects us to make in our own personal lives. Like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're right. I'm, I'm thinking ahead. about the, the term influencer. You Come know, on, that yes. that is a, a hot term, but it uh-huh. usually don't apply to like, you know, when you're talking about a parent and their kids. You Come know, it's on. like, no, who outside <laughs> of my house am I influencing, Man. you know, by my clicks and my YouTube, thing, you right. know, but the, the, the presence is in the home. Are we influencing our children for the glory the of question. God? You know, yep. and so it's the same thing that, that, that you're saying. It's like, you know, trying to look outside when mm-hmm. right there in, under our roofs, we have, you know, people that we need to be making influence on. Yeah. And I, I think as ridiculous as it is, and I say ridiculous with respect to the point that the Lord Jesus was making in this um, this parable here, you know, as ridiculous as it would be for us to take what we've been given and say, oh, I know you wouldn't want me. So I just varied it or I just did this. Yeah. I didn't do that. You know, I think it's the same type of mistake that we make. Yeah. Um, let me just say on a very uh, local level, <laughs> I don't know how much more local you can get than your house. Um, but <laughs> right. at the local level with your kids, I think it's the same mistake that parents make when they say, well, you know, I just have these three kids. So, I mean, I, I mean, right. I don't know. It's not like I have a lot of people. What kind of difference can this. I make? Yeah, exactly. Right. And, yeah. and I think that we will be held accountable for what we do with what God has given us. And Amen. we were talking about this recently um, at, a, at a meeting at our church here. But man, look, to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. And and by God's grace, by God's grace, um, when we survey what we have been given, each of us has been given much. Mm. Like, I mean, we, we, and, and in fact, you know, not to 
not to be churchy for no reason, <laughs> but if you've received Christ, you've been given the very best. Amen. Right? I mean, you to know him, there yes. is nothing that compares to that. And then also the opportunity to make him known. Amen. And that should start in our home, start with our kids. I mean, I'm grateful for people like Representative Toth. I'm grateful for people like um, Greg Van Buskirk. There you right. go. I have to take my time. Three syllables. <laughs> um, who are making gains, but each and every one of us should be making gains Amen. inside our own homes and with our own families most immediately. And the Lord knows. Even if you don't have a million followers, the Lord knows. Yes. He and knows. it matters to him. Amen. All right. We are out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>